Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guy, girl, guest, or guru. And today's guest guru is Jalen Jones. Welcome to the show, Jalen. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi. So I am currently an assistant director at In Residence Life. And when I'm not running behind thousands of college-age students trying to help them get their life together, I am a dance fitness instructor and really just kind of like, I try and be an overall body badass is how I like to think of myself. And so I try and find ways to help people learn to love their bodies because we only get one. So why not love the one that we're in? Exactly. Oh my God. I'm already in love with you. You just said a couple of things that I love. One, that you work in a college um, and two, that you're a dance fit instructor. And my daughter, Mm -hmm. my youngest is also a dance fit instructor or she will be coming next semester um, at the University of Connecticut. So nice. What format does she teach? I it's kind of a Zumba style. Is is okay. the, the best that they could. I mean, they can't use those words, but right, right. She is I, a hip hop dancer. Same. So she just rocks out with the uh, the Zumba. So college life. If I mean, I'm so excited because I love to talk to college girls specifically about sex. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite things. And so are you an RA or do you work, work at the college? I work, work at the college. So I supervise the people that supervise the people that supervise the RAs. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're way up there. Not way up there, but up there enough. So I was an RA in college. And then I was like, well, one, I was a terrible RA. I was awful. Like I... (laughs) followed none of the rules and did none of the things that I was supposed to do because I hated it. And so then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then someone was like, you want a job? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And I hated it. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to make my own rules. And so someone else was like, would you like a promotion? And I was like, okay, sure. When I get a promotion, I can make the rules. And I couldn't make the rules yet. And so then I got another promotion. And now I kind of make the rules with some approval from my supervisor and her supervisor. That's fantastic. It's different colleges are, are uh, obviously different. We've got one local college where I, I have done parties there, but I wanted to do something more official. Yeah. And they didn't want me to talk about, they were like, no, those kind of things lead to kids having more sex. And I was like, I'm sorry, what cave error did you come from? And then I've done, parties at the other college where the RAs will actually have me come in and they'll mark me as kind of a, an event, a sex ed event. Um, and that's cool. But again, because I was going through my uh, direct sales company, I could only talk to the girls. 
Mm-hmm. But now that I have my own stand-up comedy sex ed business, I'm looking for, you know, co-ed. And then I also have my Let's Talk About Sex talk, which is encompasses everybody. Yeah. So what are they doing for sex ed in your college? So nothing necessarily in particular. It's interesting for me. I've been in a couple different settings. So like as a college student myself, the very first program I ever went to was a sex toy party. I am still to this day unsure how my RA swung that, but like... (laughs) In our lounge, like I got in one of those like over the door sex swings just in the lounge. Nice. And that that was our program. We had a, like a passion party person come in and talk us through the toys and it was a great time. And then I worked my last institution. I had students that wanted to have a program about sex and could not put the word sex in the title. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, like that's where you would get away with it using uh, passion parties. Now all of passion parties are under pure romance. Um, so no pure romance, no in the bedroom, no at night. Like we literally had to call this program. Let's talk about blank. Oh, wow. So are, are you at a, in a really conservative college? Um, not currently where I was before was in I wouldn't even say it's a conservative state, but it's an abstinence-only state. And Um, so it was a real shift. Our students were coming in knowing nothing, and then people wanted to be like, okay, cool, amazing. I know that my peers don't know anything about sex. Can I have programs about sex? And we had to be like, oh, you want to have programs? You have programs about consent. But if you wanted to actually talk about like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Consent is amazing. We agree. Incredible. What do you do after that though? And that was where the gap was. They're like, cool, I know how to have conversations about the starting. What do I do if I want somebody to eat me out though? Like what? (laughs) Like what happens then? Right. How do we have that conversation? I say just get right on their face. They'll get the point. (laughs) I would agree. I would agree, but I think there's so much like question marks and shame. It's like, what if what if I what if I taste bad? What if I smell bad? What do I what if I shave? Do I need to shave? Is it rude if I don't shave? Like do whatever you want to do. There are so many conversations that should be had. I uh, had talked a little bit earlier with someone that I'm going to have on a later show. And we talked about that. I had read a statistic where something like 43% of women enter college as virgins. And by the end of their uh, freshman year, that number is down to 22%. And one thing that I had come across more than once is that girls are getting rid of their virginity. They're not finding a boyfriend and having sex for the first time in a relationship. They're just like, pardon the, 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 the crudeness of this phase. They're just popping their own damn cherry so they don't have it anymore. Right. I think there's this like stigma sometimes of like, well, everybody else is certainly that like, I'm weird if I haven't had sex. Like I, right. I went to college a virgin and definitely felt that sense of like, oh, everyone else around me has definitely already had sex and had lots of sex, and I am weird if I haven't had sex yet. 
Right. And then when you do have sex, you find out that nobody has had sex <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> right. And if they are having sex, it is like awkward, not great sex. Like I thought it was going to be some like mystical world that was going to open up for me. And I was like, oh, okay. This is, this is just regular people doing regular people stuff. This is right. Like, That's why I think every girl should know how to masturbate and know how to give herself an orgasm before she's ever with a guy um, or another girl, yeah. how, however their relationship is. And it's because, and I say this and I'll probably say this every show that I ever do this is it's easier to give directions to the tasty freeze in Orlando. If you have been to the tasty freeze in Orlando, right? <laughs> it's really hard for you to yeah. tell your partner what you want and what you like, if you don't know what you want and what you like. Right. I think that's so important. I think there's, we don't, especially with women, there's not those like same sorts of conversations with like college age men. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, of course you jack up all the time, whatever. Like that is a boy thing to do, so to speak. But I think with women, there's this like dirtiness associated with like, what, what do you mean you touch yourself or you, you have toys or you watch porn? Like who, who does that? I just think it's funny because it's so much less physically and actually dirty for a girl to masturbate. <laughs> like, we, we don't make a mess. We don't make a lot of hand right. motions. We can like pretty much do it right in front of you and you wouldn't notice unless we want you to. <laughs> Very self-contained. <laughs> right. There's no cleanup afterwards, no lotion right. involved. It's you know, no Kleenex. Like, it's I, just honestly, the, it's better for the environment. Exactly. It's, it's just a little, a little wiggle and, and, and a thought. <laughs> so uh, I like to talk about condoms and uh, because I actually still, after 24 years of marriage, still use condoms. They're, uh, mm -hmm. they're easy cleanup. Uh, I decided yeah. at some point that my vagina was a national park service. Carry yeah. in, carry in, carry out, no child left behind. <laughs> and so but every now and then I'll come across a college girl and she'll say, well, my partner doesn't want me to use, he doesn't want to use a condom. And, and I'm like, and what do you say? And she goes, well, you know, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. And I'm like, that's the wrong answer. Uh, you are in control of this situation. So if you're actually, I just said this today to the girl and I'm going to put it in my new comedy show. <laughs> the next time you have a partner who says he doesn't want to ha have sex with a condom, say, okay, but then lean in real close to his ear and whisper, what, what should we name the baby? <laughs> I was having this conversation with one of my male friends. Who I find it fascinating that like for the, the individuals that need to stick themselves inside the condom, they're clueless about how condoms like actually work and function. Right. And so we were having this whole conversation about how he felt that he like really needed to make sure he had a stash of plan B. Ugh. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, yeah, you need a stash of, you know, you need to have some plan B on deck. And it's like, well, you know, what if, what if she gets pregnant? Like what, what if the condom breaks? Like condoms break all the time. And I was like, condoms don't. Yeah. What is it like 99 point? Isn't it like 99.3% safe? Something like that. Yeah, it's certainly like, more than 97%, but I thought it's very small number of condoms break. 
Right. And so I'm like, so what, what are you doing that you are finding that your condoms regularly break? And he's like, what? That's not a thing. No, not, not a thing. Well, what if she pokes holes in it? That's when you do the little pillow test. You give her a squeeze and. Why would she poke holes in your condom? Where is your condom that she's poking holes in? Do they think there's a lot of girls running around trying to get knocked up right now? This is not the 1960s. He he is a a millionaire friend, and so he has a lot of paranoia. Oh, okay. Women wanting to have his baby. That being said, I'm like, sir, if you don't want to have these children, I like really need you to get on the ball. Right, because if somebody wants if somebody wants to get pregnant, they're not going to take your plan B. Yeah. They're going to chuck that shit over their shoulder and be like, yeah, I swallowed it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, plan B is less effective for women over 180 pounds. And he was like, what? I thought it worked for everyone. And I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't even know that last bit of information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I'm not going to say it's a scam, but it feels like a scam to be like, we are not like, yes, I am chubby, but I'm still, I'm chubby and I have sex and I want to have emergency contraceptive plans that work for me. And I will share this bit of information, which I didn't think I would ever share. Um, We did have one condom break. I actually, I talk about it in my comedy show, but uh I had a condom break. We got the plan B and then um, the next day or the day after uh, I just got really, really dizzy. Like I couldn't sit up straight. I was literally falling over. Like the whole world was spinning. And I called a friend of mine who was a paramedic and my husband was out of town. And I said, I'm, he had just left after the plan B thing. He was yeah. there for the, yeah. I don't want anybody getting the idea yeah. that he, he wasn't right. there for this. He's supportive. He, right. right. He bought the plan B. He was involved in this, but then he, he went out of town for work. And so I called my friend. She goes, and I said, I can't, I literally can't sit up. I'm falling over. And she goes, well, I would go to, to the emergency thing. Like you could be having a stroke or something. So I called my dad. My dad yeah. brought me in and I'm going through, you know, has this changed? Has this changed? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, all right, well, we want to do a brain scan to see if you got something going on. So I go in and I get the brain scan MRI and uh, I get home that night. My husband calls after work and he's like, so what happened with your day? And I'm like, oh, this happened. And I got an MRI and, he, you know, and I'm like really worried because I'm still dizzy. And he goes, do you think it has anything to do with that plan B? <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. And then I look on the back, one of the things is extreme dizziness. <laughs> I was just like, well, that was a, well, now I have a brain scan. So now I know what it used to look like if anything happens. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. We're good. Okay. It's, it's a before picture of my brain now. <laughs> yes. I also took a plan B one time, had a concrete. And so I like sent my then boyfriend to the pharmacy to go purchase this plan B. He's gone for like a solid hour and like the pharmacy's on campus. So it should have been like a 10 minute walk. He finally comes back and like, what happened to you? And he's like, well, I walked to the pharmacy and then I realized what if somebody saw me? 
So I didn't want to go to the pharmacy on campus. So then I walked to the nearest CVS. It was $20 more, but I didn't want anybody to see me. I'm like, did, did you want to invite them to our baby shower? Like, <laughs> get the plan B and come back here. It's a pharmacy. They don't even let you stand that close. They put it in a bag. Like, yeah. what dirty secrets are you carrying? Exactly. I mean, there's nothing that says I just had, had sex more than a plan B. Like, <laughs> True. <laughs> things have gone amiss. so you are uh, a speaker or you want to be a speaker both and so I currently find ways to speak in my position nobody's paid me any money to speak yet so we're working on that yes they will that hasn't happened yet um and so I think I have been fortunate in being able to work with a lot of different sororities on my campus, on other campuses, on previous campuses, particularly around like, how do we start having some of these conversations? How do we talk about one? My whole thing is about radical love and what that looks like. How do we love ourselves? How do we love our bodies? How do we love other people for all of their flaws and all of their identities? And how do we build community around that? That sounds like a great talk. Yeah, and I I think it has shown up in a lot of ways. Sometimes that's a conversation about diversity inclusion. Sometimes it's a conversation about racism. Sometimes it's a conversation about our own self-confidence, our own self-power. Sometimes it's conversations about how do I have conversations with other people about these things? And so it's really about how do we get to spaces where we can be honest with ourselves first? and then being honest about what we need. So I think when I saw your post at first, I was like, well, I I don't really talk about sex ed. I don't like talk about sex per se. And then I thought more about it. I'm like, what is more vulnerable? And where do we see more negative body talk than when we need to strip naked in front of someone and then say, put yourself inside me. Right. Or, yeah. And that's, and, and it's, you know, I've, been married for 24 years so there's a approximate close to 100 pound difference between when we met and where I am now well 80 80 pounds um and it 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 changes the way your body responds to things um and I was thinking about it today like if you gain a couple of extra pounds everywhere that fat pad that covers your your vulva and your mom's pubis is mm-hmm. literally pushing your partner away from you and it's the same yeah. thing if you're if you're a male and you have a penis that fat pad makes your penis shorter and so you've got right. to and you gotta like do the little lift up yeah but you have to i mean and own own who you are and what you look like and be okay with it and your your partner's okay with it and you're okay with it it's cool but be aware that it will change things over time. And so that happens, you know, when you've been married for a while and you both start to gain some weight, you have to change the way you do things because shit's just not going to line up anymore. (laughs) Right. So yeah, there is sometimes that get that walk. Like I have an entire joke about getting on the face and how it's a, it's, it's better if you have um, a thigh gap because if you have mermaid thighs, he might have trouble breathing, you know, but 
if he dies, he dies. <laughs> yes. That is probably my favorite meme. Like, get on top, sis. If he dies, he dies. Like <laughs> Exactly. And uh, so anyway, I have a, a whole joke about that. And it all, it stems, most comedy stems at least partially from personal experience. So most of my jokes, you know, it was literally a thought. Like, if I'm up here too long, will I kill him? <laughs> Sometimes you got to test those limits. Is he good at holding his breath? <laughs> Uh, you'll have to see you'll have to see the joke sometime i can't do it you know it's like you have to be on stage and stuff but it's so stupid i watched um a couple of your videos on youtube yeah that one's not gonna be in there (laughs) i'm very much related to the the vulva mullet (laughs) yes that one i think i'm putting that one in a comedy contest this week because you know, normally when you submit, it's a five minute video and this time they want a three minute video. And I'm like, I don't have any threes that I love, but I do like that one. But I, I don't let the, the, the comedy show or the stand up comedy sex ed ones where it really gets, um, it, it gets into the rated R subject out Wait. there because I want to be booked by colleges. You know, I want to be able to do my stand up comedy sex ed where I, educate and entertain um but it, you know it's a it's a conversation about sex it's gonna get naughty right and i think it's also colleges have to be willing to like recognize where good healthy boundaries are like i fully recognize that like where i went for undergrad made some wild choices i support all of those choices but I understand how we got the backlash for some of it. Like we had a a sex carnival one year. Ooh. We had no context of like what was going to be happening. The whole program was like planned and they're like, we need volunteers to come run booths. So I signed up to be like, okay, cool. I'm an RA, I'll volunteer at this sex carnival. And I show up and we're in the middle of campus and then there is all of the goodies you could imagine. There were make your own vagina cupcakes. I think there was like a, a cock ring toss. They're raffling off vibrators. There's like a game called squirt. There's a like pin the clitoris <laughs> on the vagina. Like it is in full swing everywhere you look. So we're going, having a grand old time and there's a parent tour that walks through the middle because we're in like the main quad area of campus you know none of those kids got except none of those kids were allowed to go to your college (laughs) and like the dads notice what's happening around them first and they're doing this like (laughs) look over there look over there and they're kind of like giggling and this mom stops and looks at me and just starts screaming like not any actual words but just is screaming as if she is in a haunted house like horrified at the sight wow and i was like oh oh god okay oh all right but it was like great and educational and fun i don't think she loved it but like it was a choice and like that was a choice that made sense being in california being in southern california being at a private school yeah, do stuff like that. I don't know if they they let me have the cock ring toss here. I don't see why not. I mean, 
for me, it's all about removing the stigma of body parts and about sex. Uh, everybody yeah. has sex. That's how we got here. That's how we will continue to be here. Right. We can't procreate without sex. Um, I fully believe God put the clitoris on the outside of the body so that we could find it accidentally riding a horse, shimmying <laughs> up a pole in a car seat, you know, any, you know, just leaning in a certain way up against the washing machine. Like he was like, oh, they're going to make them do the laundry. Let's, <laughs> let's Don't give them something fun. <laughs> it, it's there for a reason. And I think to pretend it doesn't exist or to make it shameful uh, is wrong. It's wrong. There's no way God said, oh my God, I'm going to give them this thing that feels so good. They're going to say my name every single time they do it. <laughs> and then man and religion said, oh no, we're, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And he's probably up there going, what the fuck? <laughs> I threw you a bone this time. This one was free. Exactly. I also, and this kind of bothers some Christian people, um, of which I am one, but I just don't subscribe to the same knowledge or the same whatever belief system. I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way and a right or a wrong person to have sex with. I don't think God gave us this ability to enjoy making love and said, but you can only do it one way. I just, I just don't think he did. Yeah, right? I agree. And I that's for the people who want to believe in God. If you don't believe in God, then who gives a shit what he says, right? Right. <laughs> I think everybody has to kind of figure out what is right and what works for them. And I think they're, you're going to have some people that are like, I want all 31 flavors and I want it every day all the time. I'm like, cool. That's incredible. If you have that kind of stamina and fitness. Amen. I love <laughs> it. Stamina and the fitness have to go into it. Yeah. Listen, I cannot get on top. Not for long. That's squats. I don't yes. know what nobody says. Those are squats. Yes. I get a Charlie horse. I'm like, ow, what the fuck? Ow. Burn. I'm like, mm, let's roll over. <laughs> There's, um, I think as long as the two people are consenting adults, anything they do, they should enjoy however they want to do it. As long as they're both enjoying it and they're both consenting, nobody else's business. Right. There are millions of people right now having sex. Are they bothering me in this moment? Absolutely not. I don't know what's happening in, in their beds, cars, right. public parks. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I was trying to throw in somewhere naughty that I've had sex, but I haven't had sex naughty anywhere. So now I feel bad. I feel like I should have contributed to this conversation. That is okay. I am also not necessarily someone that's like a naughty place sex haver. Yeah. If I want to enjoy it, I have to concentrate. And if I'm constantly worried that somebody can see my butt, oh, that's true. We did it in a boat once. We did. I remember mm. this because we were just underneath the bridge in the boat. And my husband kept saying, he wasn't my husband. He was still my boyfriend at the time. He's like, somebody's going to see my butt. Somebody's going to see my butt. Someone's <laughs> going to see my butt. And I'm like, dude, nobody's going to see your butt from over there. It's fine. <laughs> also that's what you're worried about exactly focus on me <laughs> right. but in those situations i'm you know less likely to orgasm because i can't concentrate right like i i am not one of those people that's like ooh, the thrill of possibly being caught i'm like oh god what if i get caught <laughs> exactly i don't want to be caught i don't want to see this either i don't want anybody else to see it but now we're going back to body positivity 
Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was somebody uh, that I love who is making a t-shirt design and she said, uh, sexy is a mindset, not a size. And I think that's amazing. And I hope she does make that shirt and then I will buy it from her because it's really cool. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of also what makes, I don't know. I don't want to say that sex is hard, but I think it gets complicated when we get distracted by like, oh God, is my partner attracted to me? They're going to see my stomach. They're going to see my cellulite. Do, do mm. they think I'm sexy? Like there, I think there's a lot of like, emphasis on making it this almost like a performance like I need to to be hot I need to look and and moan and make the faces of <laughs> like the girls in the porn like it's oh and just don't don't make the moans and the screams for Christ's sakes I've been in so many hotels where I've heard the person in the room next to me I had one I honest to god she was squealing like a goat and my husband and I were trying to have sex on our side and I could hear this woman and she's making this sound and I just lost it. I started laughing and I was like, we're going to have to try it again later because I cannot have an orgasm listening to this goat <laughs> next door. And I was just like, is her partner really enjoying this? Or I don't know, maybe he is. Is she really enjoying yeah. it? Because she's putting a lot into her audible and she should probably focus a little more south. Maybe she was just faking it. But I was in a fake orgasm contest when I was 21, and I tied mm. with another girl, uh, obviously, because nobody wants to hear guys' orgasm. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> game over. <laughs> but we were behind a screen, so you couldn't see us. And I did more of like a, just a breathy breathing, like just breathing. And yeah. she was screaming like a porn star. and. The, they had they kept going back and forth and back and forth with the applause and then they made it do us made us do it again and they kept and finally they just had to split the pot because people could not decide which one was a better fake orgasm so i thought that was pretty cool i mean impressive you can take those skills on the road yes well and i have <laughs> <laughs> but it is distracting when your partner's reaching over and they're touching your breasts and you're like, oh, that feels good. And then they start to roll down and you're just like, oh, stop touching my belly. Stop touching right. my belly. Stop, stop. Are you a fucking cat? Stop kneading my stomach. Get off of it. <laughs> and you're trying to concentrate. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> I think for me, it's always that like initial, well, there's two modes. One, the initial like shirt take off. I don't know why, but I am sometimes convinced that my partners don't know that I am fat, despite having already seen me. Like that shirt's doing the camouflage for you. Yeah. And like there's this moment of like, oh no, oh god, oh no, he's going to know that I'm fat. Like, no, nah, girl, he knows. He's still here. He's into it. He's ready. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, oh god, he's going to see it. It's there. He's saw it the whole time. And then I think the position change up sometimes, or I'm like, oh, that is. Those are some tummy rolls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, never been a big fan of positioning. Like, pick a position and stick to it. Because now I'm distracted. Now I have to get comfortable again. And I don't know. Mar and um, I was talking to my, my, my guru yesterday about lubrication. 
And if you're going to switch positions frequently, you're going to dry out because you're adding additional air all of the time. So it does tend to make things a little bit more dry. Um, in the college, do are you in a college now where they're accepting of sex conversations? Do they provide condoms, lubricant, things like that? So there, there are condoms, no lube, no female condoms, no dental dams, at least like not in our residence halls. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you can get those things from like the health center, but there you have are a women's condoms. Center? We don't necessarily have a specific women's center, but we have folks doing work supporting women. Are you in a smaller school or a bigger one? Mid-size. Mid-size. Because I know at, uh, up at UConn, they have a whole women's center where they talk about everything. Uh, I'm big on giving out condoms to my daughters. And, and I'm like, if you don't need them, and share them with your friends. But just yeah. share that shit like glitter. Give it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I had a group of students one year that were like really into the one brand condoms and like collected them. They had like a big display in their room. And it was that, just because they had cool designs. Oh, yeah, but I don't want them to be decorated with. I want them to be worn and used. I mean, they weren't having sex, so they had no real reason to use them. But if they were going to have some sex. Now, how were they like, affixing them? How were they affixing them? They weren't sticking them with tax were they <laughs> no they had little like tape rolled on the back so it was a fun bunch that year so i had my girls who were just like collecting various designs and then i had one my like machismo frat guy of the floor who just cleared me out one day he just took all of the condoms and all of the lube and then it came time for move out and he tried to return all of them and you're like no He's like, I didn't, uh, I didn't end up needing these. Well, if you want them back, <laughs> now nah, I'm good. You can keep those. <laughs> Check that's the expiration dates on those. That's hysterical. Yeah, I think where where am I currently? We have some conversations. I think it's more. So I think there's kind of like three flavors of universities right now. There's the schools that are like very vanilla. Typically, you got your schools, some of them in the South, your small privates, your religious institutions that are like, we cannot have this conversation at all. Um, and those are the students, I think, that need lots and lots of love. I think you kind of have your, your sort of, uh, your tutti-frutti's that are like, we will have all the conversations, any of the conversations. You want to bring in a speaker to have an event about bondage? Let's talk about bondage. That seems fun. Like, <laughs> I, I went to a program once and learned how to put a condom on only using my mouth. That's that kind of college. All righty then. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. Y'all give, uh, give out vibrators at programs? You can spend money on that? Dope. Amazing. And then you kind of have your, your swirls that are like, we will have some conversations, but within this kind of like neat little box, we are okay talking about consent yeah. broadly. We're okay talking about contraceptives. We will give out condoms. Those seem like safe conversations. I think there's lots of conversations around sexual assault happening on a lot of campuses, yeah. which I think is really positive. I also would like to see lots of conversations about how do we have joyful consensual sex. Mm -hmm. Like 
Yes, yep. I think enthusiastic. It is so, yeah, enthusiastic. Like, yeah, I think it's very powerful to validate and support survivors. I also want us to have conversations about how do you make sex a positive experience for you? Yeah. How do you oh. have conversations with partners? Yeah, the woman I was talking to earlier today, we were talking about condoms, and one of the biggest problems that uh, I guess people in general, not just college kids have is they've made condoms a, a negative thing. Like you wear a condom because you don't want to get pregnant. You wear a condom because you don't want to get an STI, but they it should flip the, the script and you wear condoms because sex will last longer. You wear condoms because you'll be relaxed and you're not going to be worried about being pregnant. You wear condoms because they come in different colors and flavors and sets. Um, and make it more of a positive thing, but, and it should be. And that's the one thing is like, you know, the average guy orgasms in 2.8 minutes, the women take significantly longer than that 18 minutes. So throw on a condom, it'll help even the playing field. Right. Do you want to enjoy your partner or do you want to spend the whole time going, uh, camel toe, granny panties, baseball? I mean, do you really, do you want to be outside of yourself just trying to hold on? Or do you want to be with your partner and, you know, let the condom take some of the stress off of it so it's more, you have more time. It would be more cool. Uh, More cool. I just made that up. I'm with it. Yeah. All right. So uh, what else can you tell me about sex in college? Oh, goodness. Where do you even start? Oh, uh, Dr. Debbie Herbenick does a study. Uh, and she asked a bunch of college kids, what percentage of the people that you know do you think are just want to hook up? They don't want a relationship. They just want to hook up. And the number was something along the lines of like 60 to 70%. They think everybody else just want to hook up. And then she said, do you want to hook up or have a relationship? And that same grouping of people 80% said they would rather have a relationship than a hookup. And so people are out there having hookups when they could be having relationships, but they don't want to talk about it. They're afraid yeah. to have that conversation. And that's sad. And that's something I think people should be like, that should be plastered on every wall in every college. You know, 80% of you really want a relationship. Great. And I think it. It's about, I think, broader conversations that are happening around vulnerability around young people about like, how do I admit that I want the relationship? And there's this like, I need to come across as like cool and aloof. And if I'm the person who admits first that I have significant feelings for you, then that puts me in a vulnerable position. That puts me in a space to be hurt. That puts me in a space where I am now having to keep my guard up because what if you don't feel the same way back? And then I just had to make this really vulnerable ask. But if I pretend that, oh, it's not a big deal to me or if it's just sex, if I get my feelings hurt, I can still pass it off as like, oh, we were just hooking up. It wasn't. It wasn't that big deal. It wasn't really a thing. Well, we never did DTR, so. Right, right. We didn't have these conversations. Like we weren't really together. And so if I get cheated on, it's not a big deal. If I didn't enjoy it, it's not a big deal. Like, mm, it's whatever. We never defined the relationship. So yeah. it was just a hookup. So. And it's, it's interesting. I, 
participate in activity once where so that that sex carnival that I volunteered at the station I was running had students define like their version of the base system like what's first base what's second base like right what do you think this means and I had one very very sweet young man who said that first base was just like when you meet somebody like that initial conversation like that's getting to first base and second base is maybe like like coffee and <laughs> and third base is like a like a formal dinner date and then like a like a home run is like being in a relationship oh and i had one very fun young woman who said uh she's like wait first base that's like that's like kissing yeah, she's like, first base is kissing. Second base, mm, I feel like that's hand stuff. Um, and then third base is sex. And she was with a friend, and her friend was like, if third base is sex. What's a home run? <laughs> yeah, and she looks at her and goes, I don't know, kinky shit? <laughs> and so like, it sparked great conversations that if we've got students on our campus that are saying that like oh yeah my idea of a home run is kinky shit and somebody else is like my idea of a home run is a relationship right if they're both using the word home run they are going to have a very different understanding of what that experience is if they're both using the word hookup but aren't actually having conversations of what the uh, defining hookup or like, oh, you want to come over and chill? Like, dude, just say you want to have sex because I'm down. I am. Just let me know that's what I need to do so right. I can prepare myself accordingly. However, it would be awkward to just call somebody and be like, um, well, I want to come out and hang out with you with the hopes that at the end of the night we have sex. Cool? Right. <laughs> Is it though? Like, COVID-19 aside, I don't know that I would be entirely upset if somebody was like very upfront and honest about, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Can I come scramble your guts real quick? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Like, exactly. It depends. Are you bring in chocolate? You bring in flowers? You bring in your A-game? Or are you just right. showing up half drunk trying to get it in? <laughs> right. And even still, maybe it's been a long time. Maybe. Maybe my power batteries ran low on my toy and I'm gonna use you instead. <laughs> and so it's, I think college students are in this interesting phase where one communication is hard in general. Like I have got oodles and oodles of students that are having a hard time like telling their roommate, I don't like it when you play your music loud or when your alarm goes off at 6 a.m. it wakes me up and bothers me. Yeah. If you can't have that conversation, how are you supposed to have conversations with your partner about sex? Like, that's a really good point. And so they're like, no, nah, no, my my young women are not advocating for their own orgasm and being like, mm, you know what? I'm actually not a fan of that. If you go a little to the left, stay focused, stop trying to jack her. Like, they're not necessarily yeah. confident giving the direction or giving the feedback because they're essentially socialize people like you need to feel small you need to shrink yourself and make your partner more comfortable sex is not necessarily about you or your pleasure or we don't mm -hmm. 
we don't necessarily like normalize giving feedback. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm loving I love talking to new people because I get all kinds of new thoughts and new ideas, and it, it, it's so important that we define what means what, and having those conversations. But the fact that women are willing to play small to have sex goes back to me saying every girl should know about vibrators. Every girl should know how to take care of herself because oh. your pleasure is, honest to God, more important. It's yours. <laughs> you know, somebody would say, what, uh, what makes your problems bigger than anybody else's? It's because they're mine. Right. So you have to make your pleasure tantamount. What good is it? Be like, oh, I'm glad you had a good time. What about me? It's okay to be selfish. Uh, and I really just wish that the girls could learn that. I wish women could learn it earlier. And I think they will. I think as these new generations, as, uh, as parents are getting better and as, you know, the conversations are getting better, we're going to have stronger, more positive sexual experiences. You know, these new generations, hopefully, will yeah. pick up the torch and run with it. And I... I think we're seeing more of that and like more of women being confident in themselves, women being encouraged to be strong, to be vocal, to like advocate for their own needs. Because essentially like underneath this like, oh, I should fake my orgasm or oh, it's okay if I don't come is like, well, I'm not important in this right, right. situation. I shouldn't be the priority. It's, it doesn't matter. It's okay that if it wasn't about me, it doesn't need to be about me. It should be about you. You are not a receptacle for his penis dump. Right. Like I <laughs> was having a conversation with someone the other day um, and we were talking about how, you know, large, large percentages of women can't come from penetration. Right. So many. And his, right. And his first question was like, well, well, how would you know? And I was like, what do you, what? What, do you, what do you mean, how would I know? He was like, well, how would you know if you had an orgasm? And I was like, what do, you, <laughs> what do you mean, how would I know if I had an orgasm? The same way I know if I'm sneezing or not, like either I am or I'm not, I don't. I almost just spit water all over my computer screen. So, I mean, one, I'm concerned about the women he's having sex with. Two, I was like, no, like, just because a man hasn't had baby orgasm, like I, I got it on my own. I'm very clear on what it looks like, what it feels like. I am very familiar. How would you know if you had an orgasm? <laughs> so the, the same way you do, I'm so confused. I mean, See, this is why I love doing stand-up comedy sex ed, because I'm educating men and women at the same time. And so they can look at each other and be like, yeah, really? And so when I'm doing these shows, there are a lot of women who come with their partners and they have conversations on the way home that they had never had before because they've never been in a situation where it had come up. And, you know, on the way home, you know, one can say to the other, uh, well, what did you think when she said that about this subject? And I'm hearing feedback from women saying, I had such a great conversation with my husband or we tried that position that you talked about or, yeah. you know, we got a lube and I love that we're, ha that I'm educating in, 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 in a comedy way 
they're still hearing it together so they can talk yeah. about it later on. Yes. And that's important because apparently that guy had never had a conversation about how would you know if you had an orgasm? And I, and I wanted to ask, like, do you not notice a difference when you're having sex with women? Like, are you not aware? Okay, sure. But his next question for me was, so then do you just fake orgasms? And I was like, no. <laughs> Some of us do. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm like, listen, if you do not put in the work, you do not get an A. It is not my job to like make you feel good about the sexual performance you had. If and if you did your best and you tried real hard and it still didn't work for me, that's okay. But I don't I don't need to like fake an orgasm to make you feel special and important. I think a lot of women just fake orgasms so they will just get done. They're like, could I'm not there today. <laughs> The the last man I had sex with, bless his heart, I don't know what he does for a fitness routine or who he is as a human, but I would be like, sir, it's it's been an hour. <laughs> Can we take a break? She's tired. She... <laughs> That's a long, long, long time. It was so long. <laughs> wow. No, I actually, this, uh, I hate to, I hate sharing these stories, but the fact is if I talk, I'm going to say shit. Um, I had gone home with a guy uh, once from a bar and I had an orgasm fairly quickly, let's say within 10 minutes. And then this guy just went and went and went and went and he's trying different positions and he, and I'm just like, read the room can't you tell i'm bored now uh but i actually at some point just stopped him and i said you know what this is the worst sex i've ever had and i'm done and i got up and i left because i was just like i have got time for this i don't did you not hear me orgasm already <laughs> wrap it up <laughs> it wasn't bad there is something about telling men I've never had a man give me an orgasm. They're like, I will be the one. Oh, every fucking time. I, it is my time. Like he even told me, he's like, no, I feel like, you know, Barney Stenson from How I Met Your Mother. Like, if you tell me that you've never had a man give you an orgasm, challenge accepted. And I was like, sweetie, you are on a fool's errand. Right, it wasn't a challenge, it was a statement. The yeah. same thing uh, happened, well, obviously before I got married, uh, where I've never had multiples. I get one mm -hmm. and it's good. And, and then sometimes I hear women and they'll say, well, oh my God, I had seven orgasms last night. And I'm like, how are you alive? Because if I had seven orgasms, they would have died of hyperventilation and a heart attack at the same time. So maybe we're not having the same level of orgasm, but I get one. And then maybe if I wait 48 hours, I'll get another good one. If and however much longer I can make that last, that's how much better the orgasm is going to be. But if I try to do them on top of each other, they just get small and kind of painful. Mm. And and so and you know I've known this about myself since I was you know twenty twenty one. And every single guy's like, oh, I can make you have two orgasms, and I'm like, no, you can't. Right. I have been to the Tasty Freeze in Orlando. I know how to get there. 
I have been there. I circled it. I've got it backwards. I've had a double order. I've done a swirl. I'm telling you, I get one and I enjoy it. It's like, no, no, this was not me saying, please keep trying. Like, it was hours. I'm like, sweet, you are attractive. You are doing great things. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. However, Tasty Breeze is closed. <laughs> it's past the hours we have cleaned up. We've got it's to go. It's o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Can we shut it down? Yeah, thank you for trying. Thank you so much. All right. I learned um, after being married for quite a while, and in the beginning, we had that magic where we could come together. Um, and then there was the weight gain and there was the babies and there was all this stuff and it stopped happening. And for about a year, I would fake it. And then when he would go to the bathroom, I would quickly just rub it off. <laughs> and, and, but I sell products for a living. And I said to myself one day, it's like the doctor with the sick kid. Like why or the mechanic with the broken down car? Yeah. And I'm like, how are you educating all these women and you are not taking care of yourself. So it really just became a conversation. Like, listen, while you're doing your thing, I'm going to do my thing and we'll still come together, but it's going to require, you know, an extra hand or, you know, a bullet or whatever it is. Other, right. I can't, you know, and so now we're back to doing it together, but it's because we both participate. So now I'm not laying there going, okay, you have to do this for me. Now it's like, Hey, let's do this together. And it's going to take, and when I was on antidepressants, good Lord, have mercy. It took his two hands, my two hands, a neighbor's hand. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but it takes a village when you're on antidepressants and you just have to say the conversation and your partner should 100% be thinking more about you having an orgasm than how it affects his ego. Great. And I think for a lot of our like college aged men, there's this, I mean, one, there's already all of this like pressure around masculinity of like, I am a whole 20 years old and I need to prove that I am a man and I'm a big macho man and I have sex with lots of women <laughs> and I like my penis alone will make her come. I need to do nothing else. And so there's this like sense that if I need, if I have to use a toy, if I have to do something else, then I am less of a man. Right. I'm like, no, Lou was great. I think for women too, like I, I love Megan Thee Stallion. I love Nicki Minaj. I love Cardi B. I love female rappers so much, but like all of these rap lines about people just like having these natural waterfall gushing pussies. <laughs> sets everyone up for failure. Like there is so much high quality lube in the world it's helpful I'm like yeah women it is not your fault if it's not just a fire hose between your legs like right there's so many things heart and blood pressure medications birth control pills antidepressants antihistamines ugly partners stress you got an exam that you know you need to study for you are not going to lubricate during sex at night <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, it makes it so much easier when people are like, oh, no, we can't use lube or we can't use a toy. Or I'm like, okay, dude, if you can't stay hard, that is okay. You're not less of a human. They got these things. They got vibrating cock rings. They're great. It helps you, helps me. Exactly. 
we could both have a great time, but instead you're like, no, 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 I must just will myself. Listen, if you have any tools at all in your house that are electric, if you're using an electric screwdriver, if you're using a, a, a pneumatic hammer or a pneumatic nail gun, then you are already using tools for purposes and it should be no different than your sex. Right. Do you want, I mean, you could take all day long to put an Ikea dresser together by hand screwing it, or you can get out your electric screwdriver and go, Black and Decker is here to help you out. Exactly. All right. So um, we've been on for almost an hour. I like to end all of my shows with a weird random trivia question about sex. Um, I have this game. It is called Things They Don't Teach You in School. It's a crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. So here's our weird sex question of the week. And this is good because we were just talking about it. On average, how long does sexual intercourse last? And it's, it's just open-ended. I get no multiple choice. No, just a guess. Um, average across the ages, across the people, across the countries. I am going to say 20 minutes. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say 20 minutes. It's five minutes. That's how long it takes. Wow. Uh, average intercourse. That doesn't mention whether or not women orgasmed. Because <laughs> if women orgasmed, it's probably 20 minutes. <laughs> Although, I mean, if we're just talking penetration time, five minutes seems reasonable. But, you know, not when we're talking about foreplay and all the other things that help oh, yeah. us enjoy it. So, um, Jalen, how can people find you if they want to find out more about your speaking? Or sure, just want yeah. to be friends with you? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jalen Janelle. Or you can check out my website, JalenJanelle.com. Oh, cool. Um, spell Janelle. J-A-N. Oh, yeah. Spell the whole thing. Yeah. Jalen, J-A-Y-L-Y-N, Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L-E. All right. And I will have that in the liner notes. You can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed. You can go to my website, standupcomedysexed.com. And I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and all the other episodes. So search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast on Facebook, and please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me, Jaylen. It's been really nice talking to you, and I hope you have a a great rest of the evening. And so are you still in school or are you out because of the COVID? Um, So I am considered essential, but so we still have some students on campus. Um, We have about like 300 students left on campus. They're doing remote classes though. So it's- They just can't go home. Be repaired down, yeah. Yeah, that's like like how it is here too. Oops. All right, well, I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much for being on my show, bye-bye. Yeah, bye.